joining me? Oh, yes, sir. How are you today? Great. Wonderful morning, isn't it? Yes. And I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, so blessed. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, uh, I'm married with Anna for 28 years. And uh, recently she went to Mexico and uh, visited the family. And, and she sent me like one of those texts like, oh, she wants a prayer. She needs a prayer or something. And then she said, well, I pray that I found a house in one piece when I come back. <laughs> okay, that, that reminds me of, of a friend that used to, you know, when they used to live in Mexico some time ago. Uh, and a friend would come and visit, and he was trying to learn Spanish. He was trying to be nice to the custom officer at the airport. So he was trying to say, you know, buenas noches. But he said, buenas nachas, which means nice behind. You gotta be careful what you say, right? <laughs> and I can relate, I can relate to my friends. Uh, you know, I you notice I have an accent, right? And so people want at one time someone was leaning towards like like this, you know, oh someone's really paying attention. Well, I don't understand what you're saying, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what I, what I found out that the Lord allows me to stumble to keep me humble. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Okay, that's why we're here for today. And uh, I understand you, but you're doing this series. Uh, uh, I don't like the church. You know, we're doing that series at our church too. Uh, East Street Community Church. It's a wonderful series that talks about why some people say I don't like the church. You know, some people say, I don't like the church because I don't understand the church. Some others might say, I don't like the church because it's too judgmental. People will judge me. I don't like the church because I didn't hurt at the church. Well, today we're going to talk about I don't like the church because I don't want to change. You know, some people will say, I don't want to change. And in my experience as a follower of Jesus, Jesus Christ, I found out this. That that's one of the greatest stumbles for people to come to church. We part of the church because they, well, if I go to church, someone from the pulpit is going to tell me what is not right with my life. And they, they want, to, want me to change, uh, go in a different direction. Uh, a lot of the people want the benefits of being a Christian, like going to heaven. Having the blessings of God, but don't interfere with my life. I'm okay where I am. I don't want to change. I don't want to, don't, don't change my status quo. That's what some people say, I don't like the church. Because I don't want to change. Well, oh. okay, what happened? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you know, there's some places of worship that trying to appeal to these people will say, well, I'm going to just preach a happy message of self-help, which is good to some extent, but if it is seen on light of eternity. But if it only is focusing on self-help, it doesn't tell you about the life in eternity. That is not going to change things. And that's what we want to make sure that the message that is preached from the pulpit don't tell you about lies itself here on earth, but also 
the life to come, which matters. Uh, so we're going to talk, we're going to see this. We're going to learn through uh, the life of Zacchaeus, uh, a tax collector who wanted to see Jesus. But before we go to there, we need to understand who was Zacchaeus and why this is important, this story that we're going to be talking about today as we go to the scripture. We're going to learn that there's two main changes that happen when we become Christians. And I want you to think about this and reflect as we go through the message. The first change that happens is when we become Christians. That's automatic. The Bible says that we are renewed. We become a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We become right with God. That's the first change that happens. That opens the door for our salvation. But the second change is going to win with us to the rest of our lives. It's called sanctification. And that's what a lot of people resist that change. And that's going to happen through the years as we go in a relationship with God. As we mature in our faith, we're going to learn from God what changes we need to make in our life. So the first change is justification. You know, the Bible says, this is not in your outline, Titus 3, 5. He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. So that's the first change. The second change, that's what we're talking about, that is sanctification. And that's where people, a lot of people resist that change. Romans 8, 29 says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. So that we will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So God, once we, we are saved, He wants us to become like His Son. God wants us to emulate His character. And follow Jesus. And be like Jesus. So we're going to learn through the life of Zacchaeus. That Zacchaeus wanted to change. He wanted to change his life. He wanted to receive Christ in his life. He was willing to give away his possessions. Because he saw something in Jesus. And that's what I want you to see today. What did Zacchaeus see in Jesus? That he felt attracted to Jesus. Think about that. Think for a moment. Because I think that's the main difference. That's the main thing that happens. Someone rejecting coming to church or someone rejecting Christ is because perhaps they don't know what is at stake. They don't know what is at stake. And we want to learn what is at stake if we don't have Jesus in our life. And that's what I want you to think about it. What is at stake if I don't have Jesus in my life? 
What does it say? We're going to see this in a life and death. So, Jesus, going back to the other Jesus offers hope and life change to everyone. You know, the second part of John 3.16 says, So, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But this is the thing. Jesus is not going to force himself. He's not going to force anybody to accept him or receive him. He's a gentleman. He said, we'll see through the Bible. You read the Bible, the Gospels, and you will see that when Jesus encountered with some, had an encounter with someone, he will always ask, what can I do for you? What do you want? And unless that person says, I want healing, I want this, Jesus will not interfere. It's the same way in our lives. Jesus is not going to interfere unless you ask Jesus to come into your life. Jesus wants to be part of your life. But he's a gentleman. If we keep our, the door closed of our heart, he's not going to come in. We need to open the, the door of our heart so he can come in. You know, uh, one of those encounters that Jesus had uh, when he was on earth, uh, he was, he found a crippled man and he was close to a pool. And the, the reason he was close to the pool was because they said that in this pool, when the waters steer and you will come into the pool, you will get well. And he was hoping to get into the pool when the waters will steer so he will be okay. He will walk again. But nobody will help him. And by the time he, the water steered and he didn't, he was not able to go into the pool. He did that for 30 years. But Jesus was there and asked him, would you like to get well? And the, and the people then said, well, I want to be thought about that, but I can. Nobody helps me. And Jesus said, no, get up and walk. And he did. But the men have to open the door to Jesus. And you have to open the door of your heart to Jesus today if you want Jesus to be part of your life. Comparing this to another person that he encountered, the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, he was following the commandments, he was being a good person. And he said, Lord, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Why are you doing the commandments? Yes, I know I can. I never kill, I never, you know, keeping the commandments are good. Well, that's great. But not so everything. And follow me. He was testing his heart. He was not willing to away his possessions. Jesus knows our hearts. Jesus knows where we are in life. But he wants to offer hope to everybody that comes to him. He wants to offer hope to you. Doesn't matter where you are in life. Doesn't matter your past. What it matters is would you be all 
would you open their heart? Will you open your heart to him today? That's what it matters. That's what it matters. So the story of the original ruler is the story of many people today. They want change. They want Jesus. They want the benefits. Eternal life. The blessing from God. He wanted the benefits. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. Eternal life, right? But uh, don't interfere with my personal life. I don't want to change. I don't want to go there. No, no. If that's the case, I'm okay. That was the rich young ruler. And that's the story of many people today. That's, that's why some people say, I don't like the church. Because they're going to interfere with my life. So what are we going to do today? Well, we're going to see the life of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. A despised man. On the eyes of the Hebrew people, he was a sinner. So we're going to learn from him the two changes that we just talked about to you at the beginning. That he wanted to be right with God. But not only that, he was willing to change. He was willing to change his character. And we're going to learn why. Why? And that's what I want you to ask yourself. Why did Zacchaeus, why did he see in Jesus that he felt compelled? Well, we're going to learn a bit of what is it that he saw in Jesus. That made a difference. And that's what I want you to see today. So we're going to talk about how are people changed by Jesus? And we are changed when we see Jesus. So let's go to the outline and then start reading God's Word. Luke 19, verse 1 4. You can follow me on the outline right there on your Bible. So let's, let's read about the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there uh, named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass away. John 12, 32 says, And when I am lifted up from the air, will draw all people to myself. So what does this story tell us? Let's reflect about this story. Let's think about it for a moment. In New Testament times, uh, Israel was under Roman control. And they, they were levied with heavy taxes. Tell me about taxes, I know about that. <laughs> I just bought one taxes and I was unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, and they were not happy not only because they were paying taxes, because they, they knew they were supporting the secular government of the Roman Empire and their gods. And they were not happy about it. And there were tax collectors in the region that helped Rome. And so those people were very despised. 
by the Hebrews. They were seen as sinners. And so normally people who were tax collectors abused their power and used that to get bribes and things like that. To reach themselves from the people. So I believe that Zacchaeus knew in his heart, this is my theory, that he had no hope. Because nobody cared about him. He was seen as a sinner. And that nobody will embrace him and care about him. He probably heard the stories about other sinners. That Jesus was hanging out with other sinners. And those people were being restored. He probably heard a story about that woman that was a bit about to be stoned to death because he committed adultery. And that she was restored by Jesus. And he probably saw that this was the only opportunity he had to be transformed and changed and receive God's mercy. So that's why he wanted to see Jesus. Because maybe he thought to himself, Jesus is going to care about me like he's been caring with other people. Maybe he's going to notice me. And Jesus noticed Zacchaeus. Jesus noticed Zacchaeus. And what Zacchaeus realized is something we need to realize. That if we don't have Jesus, we are lost. That we need the Savior. That by our nature, we are sinners. And if we don't have the Savior, we are lost. We are hopeless. This is not your outline, but in Romans 3.23 says, They all have sinned. And for short of the glory of God, which means that without the Savior, we have no hope. And Zacchaeus says, I'm lost. I'm lost. But the Savior is passing by. I need to see the Savior. And if you haven't trusted Jesus in your heart, Jesus is passing by today and saying, I'm here. To offer you hope. Amen. If you trust in me. There's a price to pay. You know the Bible says in Romans 6.23. That the wages of sin. Is death. Which means. Eternal separation. From God. In eternity. But this is the good news. But the gift of God. Is eternal life. In Christ Jesus. Here's the point. You have to receive the gift. Without receiving the gift, there's no hope. You know, I know people say, I believe in God. Uh, I know who Jesus is. Okay, that's good. But even the demons believe. It's not enough just to believe. You have to receive the gift of salvation. How many of you believe this is a phone? Do you believe it's a 
phone? If I say, David, would you like to have this phone? And you say, no, thank you. This is your phone. You believe it's a phone. But did you receive the phone? No. You did not receive, you did not receive the phone. Can you see the point? People say, I believe in God. They have not received the gift. They have not received the gift. And I want you to see this. He is the Holy One who had no sin and died for, for our penalties at the cross of Calvary. We are changed when we accept Jesus. We are changed when we accept Jesus. We are changed when we receive the gift of salvation. Let's look into that. Luke 19, verses 5 to 6. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus, quickly, climbed down and took Jesus to his house. In great excitement. Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. He knows your name. In fact, the Bible says he got your name written in the palm of his hand. Jesus invites you to have life. But you have to accept him. You have to receive the gift. You have to open the, the door of your heart for Jesus to come in. So he can produce change. Luke what Revelation 3 20, 21 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Jesus knocks. Our, the, the door of our hearts every day. Maybe you really saved. Maybe you really trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. He still knocks because He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to grow. He wants you to mature. Remember, there's two changes. Once you receive Jesus, it's not okay. I'm already, I'm, I'm already saved. I, there's nothing that I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just going to wait until I go to heaven. No, you need to prepare for eternity. And that comes through growing in your relationship with Christ. Through prayer, reading God's word. <coughs> so Jesus knocks our hearts every day. Either to come in for the first time. So we can receive him as Lord and Savior. Or to help us. Grow in our relationship with Him. And mature. And become more like Him. 
that is called sanctification. And you have to open the door. If you don't open the door, there's not going to be no change. There's not going to be no change for eternity. There's not going to be no change for becoming like Him. But if you are willing and open the door, there's going to be change. There's going to be transformation. Anyone who comes to Christ becomes a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The moment we trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, through faith and not by works, we are saved. <coughs> but then after we are justified and become right with God, we need to be willing to change and become more like Him. We are in the hands of the Father. He's forming us every day. And sometimes He has to throw away the base and start all over again because we are so stubborn, aren't we? Amen. You don't want to change. Oh, I can't form you because you're still going to wrong direction and you, you don't see you under the direction I want you to go. I want to start all over. And he starts all over. He gives us a second chance. Sometimes he uses circumstances. <clears throat> Difficult circumstances in our lives. So when we finally open our eyes and realize that went in. That was my case. You know, I used to go to church and sit at the bench and, <laughs> and just listen to the message. I, I just went to church because my wife went to church. So I pranked it. I started going to church because I like my wife. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Okay? He's pretty. Okay, I'm going to go to church. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but we're sanctified to our wives, aren't we? Amen. And through circumstances and difficulties in our lives, I finally realized that I was really, I was going to church, but I was not being part of the church. And uh, when uh, we had our daughter, 26 years, years ago, uh, they found a tumor in her life. And cancer. That really brought me to my knees for the very first time. Difficult circumstance brought me to my knees. I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been so away from you. Forgive me. I want you to come into my life. And uh, God used that circumstances to change me, <coughs> to trust Him. And praise God, my wife has been okay for the last 28 years. Amen. Thank God. Sometimes we need to go through the difficult circumstances to realize that we need to change. Uh, we are changed when we follow Jesus. We are changed as we follow Jesus. As we follow Him and spend time with Him in prayer, He renews our minds. And He's so patient. 
Isso, o peixe. Isso, o peixe. Let's go back to the scripture. Life is a chaos. Let's learn is a chaos. But people were displeased. With whom? With Jesus. Why? Because he has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. And we're just talking about that. The Pharisees. They grumbled. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Can you see the difference with the rich John ruler? Yeah. Rich John ruler wanted the benefits. And he didn't want to follow the Lord. Zacchaeus, yes, he wanted the benefits. He wanted to God's mercy. But he didn't mind following the Lord and giving away his possessions, his riches. You know what I, what I see? Sometimes people who do not have a relationship with God don't see that. They, th they think that it's going to be a burden to follow the Lord. Oh, I need to do this and that. And they don't understand that once you are saved, once you trust Jesus, you do it out of gratitude. Because what Jesus has done for you, you don't mind the change. Because you're so thankful and grateful what God has done for you, I'm going to serve you, Lord. Tell me what to do. Tell me what areas of my life I need to change. Sometimes it hurts. It does. You know, you know the story when we prune up a tree. We want to prune the tree to grow. Better and long. Right? Well, God prunes us all the time. You know, go back to uh, John chapter 15. And read the story of how we're pruned by God. It hurts. It hurts. But it's for our best interest. It's for our best <coughs> interest. There might be areas of our lives that need pruning. It might be relationships that we have today that are not healthy for us. It might be habits or things that we do today that are not healthy. I don't know. God knows, you know. We will become so addicted to the phones and to Facebook and things. I'm not saying Facebook <coughs> is wrong. It is not wrong. But if Facebook is avoiding you to have time with God, then it's something wrong. Facebook itself is not use Facebook. That's not wrong. But if because of Facebook you don't spend time with God in prayer, and it's because of I don't know, well, snapshot, I don't know what that's new one up there. Uh, 
is just avoiding you to spend time with God in prayer and reading God's word, then that becomes a problem, doesn't it? If it is interfering in your relationship with Christ, then it becomes a problem. So you need to meditate and reflect. What areas of my life do I need to change? What is God trying to tell me? That's what I want you to think. You know, I saw the movie, I, I see it at least once a year. Firebrook, I love that movie. And uh, we watch it together, my wife and I. And I love the movie. And, and it's, the story is about, you probably already saw it, the, you know, the story about this relationship, this couple that was really going in a bad direction. And then and the break of divorce. And, and the father of the son says, you know, okay, son, hold on to the divorce for 40 days. I want you to do this. Read this book. It's a practical book. Each day, for 40 days, you'll have to do something for your wife. Number, on the second day, you have to do what you did on day number one, and day number two, and so on. You have to be consistent. And then we'll talk about it. Hold on for the 40 days. Do what it says. And so, you know, he had a relationship with Christ when he started. So he was doing that on motions, yeah. like the rich John Ruler. He was doing the commandments, but because he thought it was the right thing to do, he was doing it out of motions. You know, there was no love in it. And the wife would see that he was trying to do something, but why are you doing this? I don't sense that you're really doing this for love, because you care about me. You must be wanting something. <laughs> but I don't know. That's what she was thinking. You know. And but then halfway, this young man trusted Jesus. He came to faith <clears throat> and things changed. His heart was transformed. He became a new creation. He became right with God. Justification. We'll just talk about the first change, remember? But then, he was willing to follow the Lord and do it out of love. He started really doing what the book said because he cared now for his wife. And he was doing it out of gratitude to God. And that changed everything. The wife saw something different about him. She wanted to have what he had. When we follow Jesus, and we serve Jesus, and we're willing to change, you know what's going to happen? People around you are going to see that you are different. You don't have to tell that you're a Christian. They're going to see that you are different because you care for them. You extend your hand and help them. You don't judge them. What you have. That's a greatest testimony. When they see a life that is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they say, There's something about you, I can't put my finger on it. What is it? Well, you can tell them about Jesus. Then you can tell about your faith. 
about your hope that you have in Jesus. What is the bottom line of this? When we see Jesus, Jesus changes. When we accept Jesus, Jesus transforms our souls. Now we talk about that there are two types of changes, remember? <coughs> the first change is automatic when we trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. And we come to faith with Him. The second is it's going to follow you the rest of your life. That requires discipline. I mean, for your part, not for salvation, but to become more like Christ. But to get that change, you need to follow Jesus. You need to be willing to follow the Lord. You need to be willing to listen to the Lord. You need to be willing to spend time with Him in prayer. And reading His Word. So His love, His grace will transform you. And become that new creation. And become more like Him. Mold your character. Your persona. Be more like Him. And that's why many people resist that change. But you will see that once you start, it becomes a habit. And you want more of Him. Once you start reading God's Word on a daily basis, once you start spending time with Him in prayer on a daily basis, and I'm sure many of you do, you're going to become hungry. My prayer, the teachers, give thanks to God. And my peace, that transcends all understanding, is going to guard your hearts and minds. That's what happens when we follow Jesus. That's what happens when we look at Jesus. That's what happens when we trust in Jesus. So what I want to do to close I want to give you an example from someone from the Bible that saw Jesus and followed Jesus and was transformed by Jesus' power. And if you can come with some music background music. <coughs> And I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul, before becoming a Christian, he was persecuting Christians. He was putting Christians in jail. And even allowed them to get killed. He thought he was doing the right thing. But then the Apostle Paul or being called Paul, he was called Saul. Had a divine encounter with Jesus. He saw Jesus for the first time. He was on his way to Damascus place where he was going to persecute Christians and put them into jail. But then 
Jesus appeared to me. Was so much light that he went to the ground. He could not see, but he heard a voice. So, so why are you persecuting me? Thank you. 
relationship with the Lord and, and you want to receive Him as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to be here today and David is going to be here today too. You can come forward and talk to us in private if you want to. And we can, can help you, lead you, so you can start that relationship with Christ. But if you already saved, you already trusted Jesus, and God is speaking to you today, perhaps about changes that you need to make in your life. Well, don't wait no longer, man. And do what the Lord is telling you to do. Humble yourself before the Lord. And follow Him like Zacchaeus did. Follow Him like Paul did. saying to everyone, indeed he is the son of God. <clears throat> and I think that's something we were talking about why with a purpose this morning. And I think that's the greatest purpose that we have as followers to tell, to tell people indeed Jesus is the son of God. Jesus.